This is the Horse Radio Network. The weather outside is frightful, but HRN is so delightful. Time to get your voicemail entries in for the fifth annual Holiday Radiothon by Stateline Tech. It is your chance to win over $5,000 in prizes. What better gift can you receive at Christmas than cool horse stuff for you and your horse? Prizes this year include your choice of any Wintech saddle, up to a $1,500 value. Or you could win a $500 gift certificate from Kelly Heard Jewelry. Other great prizes from other great companies include Uncle Jimmy's, Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, Monty Roberts, Smooth Stride Jeans, Stateline Tack, Horse Lovers, Gene Abernathy, Cavallo Boots, Biostar, Horse Holster, Benefab, and many, many more. You have until November 18th to get your entries in. Visit HolidayRadiothon.com to see how to enter. That's HolidayRadiothon.com. Head on over today. You don't want to miss out. This is episode 539 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Bates Saddles. Today, we are bringing you 11 tips for No Stirrup November. After those, we are going to have Auditor Courtney give a book review of core conditioning for horses. And then newly certified instructor Megan McIsaac has great tips to prepare for cold weather riding. This is Reese Coppler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. <laughs> so we're going to spill the beans to everyone. We are actually recording a little bit early. Because in real time, when this yes. is uh, going live or somewhere thereabouts, you are going to be riding in the national championship <laughs> and you're going to be yes. ri- riding Woo! around and winning and having the big sash around the neck and getting that crazy was- in the... Yeah, that'd be great. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I am looking forward to it right now. We're we're in preparation. I have one horse, um, Marquez, owned by Pamela McKee. Shout out to Pam, who is competing in the second level national championships. And then follow me, who is owned by the Maple Springs Partnership, uh, is doing third level. That's Big Mike. Everyone's been hearing about Big Mike for for we've had him three years now. So it's pretty fun to to actually have him, you know, kind of doing third level and starting to do some real things. So. Um, I'm really actually really looking forward to this to next week. Both horses, I'm going to knock on wood, uh, knock on my head, knock on everything. You know, they all feel really good the way I think horses should feel going into kind of a championship. We're just putting the icing on the cake. You know, they know the tests. Both of them are, are pretty confident. They Marcus has has had been very successful with his freestyle all year. And I've shown him a lot. I've shown him for about five years. So he's like my buddy in the ring. I, if, if there's ever, he probably of all my horses, he shows up for me the bet, the best. If I say, come on, get it, you know, get up there. We got to get to the music. He's really good. I, I also took him a couple of years ago to the first level national championship and he was 10th overall. So uh, I'm looking for a very, I would lo- love to be in the ribbons with him with that freestyle and big Mike, this is, it's going to be his first kind of, you know, this will be the first big, biggest show he's been to in his career. So I'm really looking forward to that. I, he qualified as a, a young horse, 
um, a training in first level horse, but I, I decided not to take him just because it was expensive and he was still such a gangly dude. So this is going to be fun. He really showed up at regionals. He really got the idea. He was like, oh, I, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And he had just under 70% in his test. And uh, I was really excited. So I'm just looking forward to a fun week, honestly. And I'm not one of those trainers at this point. I'm not going to drill him like crazy because I don't think it helps. Uh, but we're, we're being very creative on how to get all the work in and I'm really looking forward to it. So I'll hopefully right. have well, a good report. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be uh, looking forward to hearing how it went and, you know, we'll get some, some competitors <laughs> on the show yeah. and all that fun stuff, but we've had to record early just to, yeah, make, just to exactly. let that, all that happen and still bring a great show for the first yeah first week of November. So Well, and so Phil, it is the first week in November. So right after this break from Kentucky Performance Products, we are going to come back. Um, we've got a great tip from, it's actually from Horse and Hound. So we will get into that in a few minutes. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Feeding your horse starch-laden grains can lead to colic, laminitis, and metabolic disease. Today, nutritionists are recommending the use of high-quality fat to provide healthy calories. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It's readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of starchy grains. Replacing grain with a high-quality fat supplement reduces a horse's risk of developing health problems. Equijoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium to phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. And best of all, horses fueled by Equijoule stay calmer and more focused on the job at hand. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. So, Phil, no stirrup November has really become a thing, hasn't it? I think absolutely, but I'm not such a big fan. I like like no stir up July, you know. Not, <laughs> well, you ride all your no horses. stir up windy, yeah. maybe snowy, maybe fresh horse November is kind of a, a, a time of year for us to be doing that kind of thing. But uh, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's, especially... it's a great idea. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Any way to motivate ourselves and our students right. to take some time to take away the stirrups and and really get our seats, you know, perfected and get our core strength better and and uh, really get to feeling more balanced on the horses. Uh, yeah, riding those stirrups is is great. Yes, but I think what you just said is really important. And we're going to go through that here in this article from Horse and Hound. So they gave us 11 tips for making no stirrup November um, a little bit easier. So we're just going to go through this a little bit and chat about it. So their first suggestion is to stretch first. And I actually, am, I really have to stretch as I've gotten a little older. Um, if I don't stretch in the morning and I ride five or six horses, I'm pretty store, sore and I don't ride as well. So I actually think riders are really, really bad at stretching because we all, we probably all stretch our horses, but I guarantee most people don't stretch themselves. So horse and hound, Phil, do you want to read the exercise they give us for stretching? Because this is what they felt like that was really important. Well, yeah. I mean, I think this this gives a little exercise for stretching on the horse. But I think if you really want to get a good stretch going and, and really do it in a proper way, I think do it before you get on the horse at all. Yeah, so that's, that's what that, I did. That's my little tip. Yeah. 
Okay. I I like to feel like I'm ready to ride as soon as I put my leg over. So Agreed. Agreed. Do, do it before, and there are you know we've highlighted some in our book clubs, some some yoga, some Pilates, some. So I think everybody can uh, sort of develop their own um, warm up stretch. Yeah, to, and there's know. lots of things yeah. online. Um, yeah. I do an eight minute stretch. If I'm really, really running late on time, I, I, I'm like, I can find eight minutes to do a stretch. Uh, so I do an eight-minute stretch, and it goes through your whole body in eight minutes, and it's quite good. So that's what I try to do if I don't get a – I ideally can get a yoga session in uh, in the morning. doesn't always happen. Sometimes the snooze button does, and I will do an eight-minute stretch. So stretch before you ride, but that should be not just for No Stirrup November for sure. It's all the time, yeah. Yeah, it's all the time. Okay. So the second tip of this article from Horse and Hound is warm yourself up and your horse with stirrups first. Completely agree with this. I, I don't think you should get yeah. on and just rip your stirrups off your saddle. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> like some people will just take them off for the whole month. and But I think yeah. that's not always great for you. You got to feel like, how does your horse feel about that that kind of thing? He doesn't he doesn't know it's it's no stirrup. No stirrup. <laughs> And you don't want well, to. Well, I think it's uh, important to warm their backs up too, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, you know, just to go out there. And if you are stiff, you know, which a lot of us are, it's really important to to get their backs warm as well. And so that they're ready for you to be sitting on them. I think kind of it goes into this a little bit too. But, you know, again, you do have to have an appropriate horse. I don't have, I have a couple, maybe one or two that's appropriate for pulling their stirrups. But, Phil, you and I ride a lot of horses that are not particularly appropriate. So yeah. you do need to ride an appropriate horse. So we are going to throw that out there. Yeah, there's yeah, there's another little tip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, safety another, we, first, safety, 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 first. safety first. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you feel like your horse is not appropriate, or uh, today here in Kentucky we had a huge weather shift, like sixty five, and it's like twenty three now or something. Maybe not the day to pull the stirrups. Just an idea. Okay, yeah. so number three, cross your stirrups over the front of your saddle. So they're not in your way. Use a neck strap or breastplate for extra stability. That's kind of like two tips in one, right? Yeah, I love um, that. So for me, I I have to pull the buckles down. Yes, me too. Yeah, I think that's pretty standard. Um, you know, pull the buckles down a little bit um, just to help the stirrups lie flatter across as you cross them over the front of the of your saddle. Yeah, if um, you don't, you get a bruise there, and you I think you might get it. Yeah, more. you will never. You and I probably have had that bruise. And yeah. it hurts and you, you will pull your stirrups down. Just pull the buckle down so the and then they actually yeah. lie flatter. But I love yeah. this neck strap or breastplate. Yeah. Great idea. That's a yeah, really, really good use, idea. Uh, a bucking strap or you know, for some of my students, I just, you know, take some baler twine and because sometimes a bucking strap can be a little bit too loose to help you gain your stability. Mm-hmm. That's true. So a little in making your own little strap with some, you know, yeah. uh, a bit of rope, baler twine, whatever. That's it, it you attach it over the two D rings that I think. I have a strap there always on my saddle. And I forget what that's called. But it's a little strap. I always have I think them on it's all called my saddles. an O O something handle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the actual term is the tack term, but yes, it's for grabbing and and they're, they're like 10 bucks. They're they're I have them on all my saddles personally, uh, just in general. So always a good idea for sure. Yeah. Extra stability. And if, if you, you know, don't have one or can't get one or can't find bail, you should be just grabbing the pommel of the saddle. Right. Exactly. Just so you have something to get a hold of if you need it or lost your balance. Good idea. All right, number four, ride in a safe environment such as an enclosed space. Very important. Don't, 
you know, again, don't go out don't into the middle of a field. Yeah. Don't go hacking, you know, do us a favor. Don't be like recent Phil said, no, no, <laughs> it, you know, we, if we do it, we do it in indoor arena. Ideally we close the gates, you know, just to make sure everything's safe. Cause things can happen, but things can happen in horses all the time. Not just no stir, November. So just be paying attention. So number five, start and canter. And I, idea, I actually but... like this. Yeah, this is a really good idea. I think idea. you should probably start and walk, but after yes. after a good walk around and you've done your rising trot and da, 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 yeah, go to, go to go to canter before mm-hmm. sitting trot. It usually warms up your hips a lot better than if you just yeah. rock out to. And also, the horse the horse will get a little bit more steady, uh, yes. helps warm their back up. So I also really like that tip. That's a good tip. Yeah, like it. It's so, canter going first and then trot. And then maybe a little bit canner again. You know, yeah, the, maybe a little canner, walk, maybe some transitions. Yeah. I love it. So number six is look ahead. Look up and focus on certain points of the arena. Don't look down as your position will change. <laughs> that's a, that's actually really important in general with sitting trot. Or if you're cantering or lose your balance, a lot of people look down. Well, that absolutely will shift your balance typically forward yeah, it'll make it all, all all that no stirrup stuff will be useless yeah it's if, not good. if you if the rest of your posture is being compromised yeah i think that, that's so kind of look the point. Up. And, and i know we, we want to focus and we you know maybe we start focusing so hard and looking at that strap as you're holding yourself down a little bit in your saddle and you're thinking about your core and you're thinking about your lumbar and you're thinking about your shoulders and then think all the way through the top of your head that's right. i love it eyes up eyes up fantastic the next one is concentrate on your breathing. And I think this is really good. Uh, also, it's it's just good in general to make sure that you have you are breathing. I will probably in two or three lessons a day remind someone to breathe because you're doing so many other things and the last thing is breathing. So I think yeah. this is just a general good tip for riding. Yeah, you think you think about breathing, but you think about how how you're breathing, how deeply you're breathing. Whether you're, you know, breathing breathing through your whole chest instead of you want to take deep breaths. I think about, you know, when I should be exhaling, like in transitions. Yeah. I'm always, you know, like thinking about exhaling really deeply through a transition, you know. So it's remember to breathe, remember how to breathe, remember when to breathe. Yeah. That's great. Fantastic. Number eight, push your shoulders back. And again, I think this is really important because, you know, if you bring your upper body back, it helps you, it opens, I say, I say, show me your heart because it opens your chest. It opens your abs. It gives access to your core. And the other thing is really keep your shoulders back and down. So you actually use your lats a little bit. So you really do need to bring your shoulders back and keep your chest open so you can use your core. And as soon as you push your shoulders forward, it starts to push your balance forward. So that's not a good thing. Yeah, we give lots of tips on on riding and and <laughs> and we talk about you can't breathe if your shoulders are forward. You can't you know you, you can't use your hips if your shoulders are forward. So again, starts from the top of your head, all the way down to the to to your toes. Proper okay. position. Proper yeah. position. I love it. So number nine, keep your hands soft. Um, and again, theoretically, you shouldn't rely on your hands for balance, anyways. Uh, but people do. Uh, not on purpose, of course, but you have to really be careful that when you have no stirrups, right, your balance is actually your core and your seat it is not your hands. So you got to keep your hands quiet. Yeah, that's why we talked about using a, a strap instead mm-hmm. of the reins. So you can sort of relax the reins a little bit and and use the strap so so you don't interfere with the horse's mouth. Because if you do a whole month 
of mm-hmm. shutting the horse down and being tight with your shoulders, he's not going to be very happy. And you're going to have to be doing a lot of training when, you know, of riding forward again when, when you have your stirrups back or, you know. So really try and be, you know, have independent seat and not using the reins to, to grip and hold yourself in place. So use the strap, not the mouth. Or mm-hmm. I think that's a good Your horse will appreciate it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay, number 10, relax. <laughs> Huge. This is actually really important, right? The more tense you are in your body and the harder you try, actually the worse you're going to sit because you're going to tighten your hip and you're going to tighten your core and you're going to sit against the horse. So it is really important to stay relaxed doing this. And my feeling is if you aren't able to stay relaxed and you aren't able to sort of improve, then you probably don't need to pull the stirrups. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe you're, maybe you're not ready, right? Right. You have to be because, ready. Yeah. Because if you are gripping with your legs and it's so counterintuitive, like you, you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a rider having trouble is, is trying to hold themselves still rather than relaxing the muscles and just trying to, I, I always talk, talk about like the riders trying to absorb the motion or transfer the motion from the hind legs up towards the horse's mouth. And so the moment that you tense up and you, and you hold yourself against that, it, it, there's all kinds of problems are going to happen. All kinds of problems. Like a good rider looks motionless because they're, they become a part of the motion. Right. right? They're not actually like, they're not actually not moving. They're just moving in relation with the horse. So right. it's the perception of, of a lack of motion rather than, because you don't, you don't want to stop your horse from moving. You don't, you're always, we're always encouraging the horse to move forward and you just have to follow along with that motion. So, um, it's, it's very difficult for everyone to learn how to do that. Um, and it's a, a lifelong pursuit to be able to follow the motion as best as you can. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But if it's a struggle at first, sometimes you're not going to work through it until you can get a, a better understanding of how how to relax and move with the horse. So, right. No stirrup November is not not for everybody at all stages of of training. Yeah, and not for every horse, and not for every you know it has to be the right thing. So, you know, again, it's always nice if there's a horse in the barn that's really good at it. We had a horse in Germany that everybody did on the lunge, <laughs> and we all rode him without stirrups. And that poor soul, he he was wonderful. Tomboy was his name. I think he was a really famous jumper for in his younger years. Uh, but, oh, we all rode him, and he was so wonderful. So if you have a school horse, and, and maybe maybe give him a massage at the end of the month <laughs> for, uh, for being so kind to you. And then the last one is a safety thing. And, again, we've talked a little bit about – well, a lot about safety because this is a safety – you have to be pay attention – is you need to have someone on the ground. That, that's around when you're when you're doing this and knows that you're sort of no stirrup novembering um but i actually always feel like when you ride you should have someone around so that's yeah absolutely and and you know what having you know bringing some of the barn or having a friend to grab your phone and to take some video yeah is an even awesome better. tool yeah then, even you know yes. so you have a little supervision and you have a little bit of a way to give yourself some feedback love that, it that, that's an awesome thing yeah, really cool. So we hope you guys enjoy No Stirrup November. If you have any more tips about what you've learned about yourself or you know tips you want to give someone else, please feel free to email and send us a shout out because we will bring them on the air. So and and any successes with No Stirrup November, send them our way. We love them. 
So, Phil, we're going to take a quick commercial break from Bait Saddle and come back with a book review for this month. To celebrate the holidays, if you purchase a new Bait Saddle in November or December, you can redeem a free set of Bait Saddles competition luggage. Bait Saddles offer highly specialized saddles for every discipline, engineered to bring out the best in you and your horse. Underneath the finest European leather, you will feel the power of innovation. For you, the rider, enjoy instantaneous comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. For your horse, the care cushion system and the easy change fit solution ensure their absolute comfort and your peace of mind. Revolutionize your riding experience and fulfill your true potential by riding in a bait saddle. Conditions do apply. Visit baitsaddles.com to find out more. That's baitsaddles.com. Well, this evening, it is time for our auditor book review, and we are very excited to have Courtney on the line. And Courtney, you were selected to review. First of all, we get all the books from Trafalgar Square Books, which is horseandrider.com. We've got to give them a plug because they're great over there, and they have fantastic books. And we are reviewing Core Conditioning for Horses and Courtney, you are an auditor, and that's how you got on our book list to receive the book, right? Yes, yes, it is. I love being an auditor for things like this and many other things as well. (laughs) Exactly. And to become an auditor, you can go to the Horse Radio Network page, and there's lots of links there. But this is one of the benefits of, like you said, of many. There's a fantastic Facebook page, but Phil always puts out who would like to review. I, uh, I sort of put out a little message, you know, who's interested in reviewing a book or this, you know, I, I try and let them know which book it is. And then, and then, you know, I get always a, a bunch of responses. And I think this time I had maybe 12, something like that. And then, so I, I, everybody gets assigned a number and then I, and then I make little bits of paper, little numbers. <laughs> it's like a real this thing. This, I, I like, I just really want to make it fair and equitable to everybody. So it, the message is usually only on, on the uh, auditor page for, a day or two before I do this. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna get all my little bits of paper. I put them in a hat, and I make my wife. I, I make Meredith pull pull a number out of a hat. So I love it. I didn't it happens, know this. Right? It's like I didn't little, know this. This is fantastic. That's so cool. So <laughs> I love it. Well, Courtney, you were selected this month. We're, we're so happy. This was a fantastic book: Core Conditioning for Horses, Yoga Inspired Warm Up Techniques, and by Simon. Kirkosa and Simon was great. He came on a, a couple months ago, right, Phil, to talk about writing the yeah, book. Yeah, we talked all about the book, and and now you know uh, we've gotten into it. We've been able to read it. So, Courtney, maybe just give us a little a little uh, talk about your yourself and your horse, and and how this applies to the book, and then we can get right into reviewing into the book. Perfect. So obviously it's yoga inspired warm up and I'm kind of a yogi, not very good at it, but I try really hard. My horse that I actually wanted this book for is a thoroughbred warm blood cross who I've actually been on the show and talked about before (laughs) about how much tension she has and just how she's very hard to just relax and let go. And we started competing now. She's finally found and we're competing and our, I do three day eventing and our dressage is awful. We are so tense in dressage. That's the only comment I get. Everything else is like lovely handling a very tense horse. 
very tense in the walk, very tense in the trot, <laughs> 10 to 20 meter circle. And it's, it's awful. And I have it at home. She's great. But as soon as we get off the property, I haven't found a way in a warm up or anything to calm her down and make her less tense. So this book, obviously I didn't read it prior to signing up to read it, but I assumed it was going to give me warm up techniques to, yes. yeah, to <laughs> relax your horse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And it, it, it did exactly that. And I'm, I was super excited to get it for her. And we have worked our way through it. And I'm excited to tell everyone else about how awesome it is. And they should get it too. <laughs> so still t- t- telling us about the book. What was really helpful? Because I think, like you said, a tense horse, this is a great way to do it. So talk to us to start, uh, start your review. Okay. So I have some notes. Let me go through my notes. Um, there's, it's a two part kind of book thing. It has the first part and it kind of breaks down everything for you. Um, it's a super easy read, uh, lots of beautiful pictures and it even like illustrates in the pictures with tons of arrows and tons of different colors to step-by-step break down your horse's movement. It divides your horse into three different parts, obviously the front the middle and the back. And it, it tells you what each warm-up technique is going to work on. So if your horse is tense in their neck or their pole, for instance, then it's going to talk to you about what kind of um, warm-up techniques or these core conditioning things um, to help with that part. Or if your horse is tense in its rear, it'll give you things for that. Um, And it really breaks it down because everyone's like, oh, I have a really nice moving horse, but it's super tense. Well, like what, what kind of score does your horse have? So it has a core score chart (laughs) called the core score chart Um, and it gives you a breakdown and it's super in depth there's a lot of different categories but it's a zero through five essentially and with that score chart it will give you a warm-up plan based on what your score number is and then it gives you levels as to what you should perform each warm-up so each movement that it gives you which is in the second part and I'll talk about here in a second you can used in each different level of which horses. So you have a score, so that's a number, and then you have a level as to what you're working on. Um, so for instance, my horse, I think I got her at a three, which means her rideability is kind of there, kind of not. She's kind of supple, kind of not. She's in the <laughs> <Down>. middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a basic, like, she's a beginner novice horse right now, which is like training level, kind of, sort of, sometimes first level if I can get her to relax. But she's, she's just kind of in the middle of everything. So with that, you take that number and you go over and you go and look at your different levels. And based on your score, it will tell you in your exercises if you should be working on the three different levels which are release coordination and tone release is your basic course uh, which is what I did most of hers and so you're doing most of your warm-up stuff in a walk maybe a trot coordination you're looking at more of like you're starting to get round you're starting to move move in an actual frame and look like a half decent animal and then tone is more of your your third fourth level horses and above kind of thing that they're actually responding and they're they're pretty good to go you'll do a lot of the exercises in like a collected trot or a canter and then the second part is our exercises which i find really cool because like i said before they have a ton of pictures so you get to see a lot of illustrations and it's not like drawn pictures um, their actual photographs with colors like highlighting what muscle it's doing or where your horse's foot is at at each time but along with each exercise it gives you a human exercise which I thought was really cool 
maybe I'm just weird and that's the, the yogi in me, but it compares every exercise that your horse is doing with an exercise that a human would be doing in, say, a yoga class. So one of my favorite ones for her was the forward down and out, which is essentially just long and stretching your horse out as low as you can get them. It really works with your the long and low strengthening and relaxing her back. And then they give you an actual exercise in the ring to do it with. And that one I really felt helped. And then she got cellulitis. So oh, we wow. Did, um, we, we took some time off. So now there's a lunging <laughs> exercise that's actually, uh, it's exercise 10 in the book, I think, that's very similar to it where you're working on the lunge line, but you're actually doing like kind of a shoulder in on the lunge. But like I said, everything in here is super descriptive. It's a super easy read. I get bored so easily <laughs> reading <laughs> training books. They're just kind of redundant. The language is kind of boring and there's never really pretty pictures. Um, but I never got bored with this one. And it was super fun. Like I read the first part of it, which is like a hundred and something pages in like an hour at work one day. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> now you're on the radio but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> luckily he doesn't know what a horse is so i think well I'm there safe. you go yeah but now and normally it takes me like days to read like the entire chapter of a book in any sort of trading thing so i, just, I lose interest pretty easily but these were great and i went through all the exercises reading through them all the second day also it worked <laughs> but uh no, I 10 out of 10 recommend. It's been a great book and it's been a super help for her, even after her cellulitis, which I expected her to just come back and be a pain because it's any time off. She is, she is a pain, even in work, she's a pain. Um, <laughs> but coming back, doing the exercises, even just on the lunge line, they're, they're super helpful. And I definitely recommend it. She's, she's not so much of a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, I think that's the point, right? And and I also, I, I recommended this book to one of my students actually this week because, you know, warm-up is, is where to actually, I think she's getting caught the most. And so it was really fun to kind of say, hey, by the way, you know, there's this book that uh, is talking exactly about what we're talking about now and some exercises that will really help your horse. And that's kind of what we're trying to do, you know, is being able to um, really explain and if you do, if you do anything with yoga, you know, they, they relate it like the thread, the needle pose in yoga is similar to a pirouette, yeah. you know, like they, they, they definitely kind of relate it. So if you have any, I'm, I'm like you, I'm kind of a, a struggling yogi, but I enjoy my yoga classes and they talk about the cat pose and what that's similar. So if you, you do, you don't have to have any yoga knowledge for this book at all because uh, it explains it all. But if you know it and you do the stretches yourself, it sort of makes sense uh, a little bit more. So it, so I really enjoyed that as well, kind of uh, taking that back to the practice that I, I do as well. And Phil, what what were, you, sure. what were some well, of your I'm, takeaways? I, you know, what I'm thinking here, I mean, the common thread, I think dressage is a lot like, you know, yoga. And, you know, yes. I think that's what this book is saying. Like, it, it's using more yoga terminology or or ways in which yoga and, and dressage are similar and just pointing that that out but i think if if you know if you've done a little you know, if you've done a little bit of both i mean they're all about you know for horses core strength and and it sort of highlights the muscles and sort of explains to people how your horse has to be better balanced through use of their body and not just running around in circles so i think for your horse that that needs to relax a little bit it can give you lots of stuff 
that you can do just in the walk that is going to help to release the horse, balance the horse, you know, and you have to, you know, sort of keep it really super simple and really in a, in a relaxed way. And, and that can help a ton of horses. So it's not, you know, it says warm up techniques, but I think you can do entire rides of, of these exercises and that would be a great a great workout. I think a lot of times people are, you know, thinking dressage and thinking, okay, I've got to, you know, I've got to do this, you got to do that and everything at speed and, 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 you know, lots of energy in the trot and lots of energy in the canter and you get going with certain horses a little bit too fast and they're, and they're just, you know, mentally not prepared enough to, to, to do things, to do things in a relaxed way. And so, um, I think that's a core principle of dressage. We read it in all the training books so this one can, you know, sort of get get the horses more relaxed, get the horse more stretchy. That's, I mean, that's what dressage is. So you don't have to do it all, all always, you know, do everything really fast. And so it's an it's another way of explaining dressage principles and techniques, so so that you can understand it better and you can and you can work on it and the horses can get better. I think there's, you know, there's a million ways to explain the common goal, which is a happier, healthier athlete. So th- this book comes at it a little bit in a different way than than maybe a couple of the other books that we were, you know, they're discussing the classical German training system, which has its own terminology and vernacular, and and sometimes that can be a little dry and 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 hard to understand for people. That's so where let's it come at it. At it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people's eyes gloss over. There's no, there is no pictures in the in Walter Zettel's book, other than a few. <laughs> you know illustrations but there's a lot of text there's a lot of words this book way less wordy just coming Mm -hmm. at the same problems from a different angle and and hopefully that that can help people as well they're not saying different things they're just saying the same things in a different way yeah it's really cool yeah it was a good book i i I think we all i think we all recommend it for sure so i think this was a win absolutely Well, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the program and giving us our book review. Again, if anybody wants to read it, it is Core Conditioning for Horses, Yoga-Inspired Warm-Up Techniques by Simon Kirkoza, and you can find it at horseandriderbooks.com. So we look forward to it, and we will be coming out with our next book very soon. I'm really excited about the next book. I know. Our next book's really exciting. We're not 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 going to give out the – I like to have a – you know. A few surprises on the show, so we're not. Gonna I know, yeah, right we do have a that. surprise, and it's a really good <laughs> yeah. book. We're, Phil and I are super jazzed about this one, so we look <laughs> yeah. forward to. We're, we will bring it up, um, and uh, and 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 very shortly once we get it's literally hot off the presses. So we're not quite ready yet, but we're really excited about it. So we look forward to that. And as always, Courtney, thank you so much for for kind of playing along with us. We love it, and we wish and being you being an auditor. Thank you so yes. much for for being an auditor. We love all our all our auditors and. It's a it's a really busy Facebook page. Yes, it is a really big Facebook page. It's really cool. So, Courtney, thank you so much for tonight, and we hope you stay warm and dry. <laughs> thank you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody knows both Phil and I have been working on our extended trots on our big young horses, which is actually n- not easy. And I love my stability stirrup leathers from Total Saddle Fit. They have really, really helped me do it. How about you, Phil? Uh, well, I was just having an idea as we were talking about no stirrup November, right? And, mm-hmm. um, what what would be a great idea is to do no stirrup November, and then when you come back, get just get stability some, stirrup leathers. Get some stability total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers, right? You're gonna love your life. 
And then you're gonna love it. you're gonna be like, why? You know, now I'm. It feels like you're riding with no no stirrups. Anyways, you're gonna have closer contact to your horse. You're gonna be more comfortable. Uh, I think I just think this is a great idea, and it, it could be a great Christmas present as you come back in December, um, taking your stirrups back. And uh, because I I think what you'll notice is after doing a bunch of no stirrup stuff, you take those stirrups back you might start to notice them a little bit more and, yeah. and get, get a rub here or there or, or you know, so. Now with uh, the stability stirrup leathers, no rub. Yeah, make your life or... easy. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> well, we have a great trainer tip of the week and don't hesitate to contact Justin at Total Saddle Fit at totalsaddlefit.com. He has fantastic products, all his girths, and they're really, really good at customer service. So don't feel free to contact him and contact him about the stability stirrup leathers. So we're going to come back with a trainer tip from the newest USDF certified instructor through fourth level, Megan McIsaac. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. For today's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we are so very excited to introduce USDF's newest certified instructor through fourth level, Megan McIsaac. Welcome back to the show. Woohoo! Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are, I, you know, we celebrate certified instructors for sure and, and, and highlight you guys as trainer tips, but tell us, you just did your certification. How did it go? It was very difficult, but it was successful. It's brewing. I'm not one to like tests and I'm not very good at tests. And so I get really nervous and it's just good to stay focused on what I know in my training and um, persevered and was able to show through it. So we, we had like a verbal exam and two writing exams and then teaching. So it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. I, I, I second that. It is a lot. And it is, it's very nerve wracking. It's just like any professional exam. It's, it's a very nerve wracking. So how did you deal with the ne- the nerves? I think that's a question that we all have in, in sort of everything we do. I tried to focus in on helping the rider or helping the horse, depending on if I was riding or teaching and just trust that I know what I'm doing. And, and that's, one of the main reasons I did this program, I I really believe in it. It has made me a strong trainer and instructor and much more organized. And I just wanted that personal growth as well as validation because someone had asked me, you know, can you just show up and they just give you a certification and it's not that way at all. You you have to have the knowledge and, you know, on a daily basis, monthly basis, I mean, I have a business and was able to start it without certification. And we never really are tested other than whether we have success financially, you know, people are coming in the door. And I think um, we really need this certification, not only for our own personal growth, but also for our industry to standardize how we're teaching people, how we're training horses. So I'm really grateful to USDF. The Dressage Foundation also gave me a grant several years ago um, to go through the workshop and just make me better for uh, my horses and my students. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, you and I are on the same page with that with the certification. And it really is a 
very, very difficult program. And it, and it does, it takes a couple years really to go through the workshops and practice. And, um, but I second that it made me a far better teacher and continued to make me a better teacher. And it's, it's a really, really important thing. I agree with our industry. So I'm very thankful. I did it as well, just also for the personal growth. And, and I really do think that it made me a better teacher. And, and I, I, I think everyone knows, uh, but last year I went through the FEI certification mm-hmm. and, and it's, the, it'll be your next step. And it, it, it is, it is very, very difficult. It's basically, you know, you got a master's and, it, and the FEI is a PhD kind of situation. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a great program. And I, and I think Megan and I would love to talk to young instructors, or if you have an instructor uh, that maybe would like to go through the program, we would certainly happily mentor them uh, into coming into the program. I've also reached out and I hope to um, host workshops in the future, whether they're training through fourth. It doesn't have to be third and fourth. I'd love to help um, other professionals become certified. Um, and I also did just fill out my application for the FEI. Ah! That's my girl. <laughs> well, and like you said, I, you brought it up and, and there is some help financially through the Dressage Foundation. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. especially the FEI grants don't get used. So uh, it, it is a, a very big help for instructors that are going through. So don't, don't let the financial piece be what stops you because there is help there and and you can get, get those grants. So congratulations. And, and you now with your new certification, you have a great trainer tip for us for our tip of the week. What do you have for us? I have winter prep because on our Halloween, it has snowed six inches. And all I could think about was everything I needed to get done uh, in the barn. And so I just kind of made a list. Um, you know, like get our medium and heavyweight blankets out and just to help trainers or at least myself, I know I prefer clips versus buckles, um, on the blankets just to make life efficient during the winter, breaking out our coolers and our quarter sheets. I prefer Velcro and neck covers. Um, and then thinking about clipping, there's all variations of clipping our horses to make um, our training barns more efficient. I usually do a full body clip and leave a, um, a back patch. I do leave their legs, but the neck and their bellies and their um, quarters, I do clip. We might want to start thinking about electrolytes because during this change, our horses may stop drinking or drink less and could get dehydrated. So just check in there. I use heat lamps before and after, so tacking up. Um, my horses, they stand under the heat lamp. So that way, when their blankets come off, they're not shivering or cold. They're actually warming up. Um, right after they're tacked up, I put their cooler on them. I recommend heated water tanks or putting heaters in the water tanks. I don't recommend the heated buckets in barns that we plug in just due to like fans. They they actually start on fire, and I actually did have one start on fire many winters ago, and luckily we did not have a barn fire. The other, yeah, it, it's scary. So I don't I don't like those at all. Also, thinking about talking with your farrier if your horses are turned out. Think about putting snow pads and traction on if they have shoes. The other thing we might want to think about increasing hay intake, alfalfa versus grass hay cubes, adding hay cubes to their diet. If you don't have a heated barn, they have alfalfa pellets that you don't have to soak in water. However, I like 
I do like soaking alfalfa cubes just to give them more water in the winter. Also thinking of a pelleted feed versus a sweet feed if you sweet if you do feed sweet feed because the feed freezes. And then also thinking about on colder days, maybe adding a mash or a beet pulp for more water intake. So that's what I have for you today. Wow. That, that's, that's great. That's, yeah. yeah. Phil, that's also in a cold that's climate. That's all the things I think. Yeah. I think Megan, Megan was covering it. You know, I'm trying. Uh, especially, <laughs> yeah, especially with the, the increased water intake. I think that's, you know, everybody would say that, you know, that's really important. But, uh, um, you know, planning your blankets, that's, that's a big thing that we have to do. We've already, you know, kind of do it in the beginning of, of October. We pull out all the blankets. We look at them, make sure they're in good repair. Make sure mm-hmm. that the ones that should be waterproof are still waterproof because, you know, they're almost all the blankets are waterproof through a coating, right? And mm-hmm. if that coating, like if you washed your blankets and you didn't reapply a waterproof coating, they probably won't be waterproof again. So, okay. uh, you know, there's lots of products that they sell, you know, at hardware stores or, or Walmart, like Scotchgard, you know, that's kind of the name brand one, but there's lots. But so you have to sort of reapply those coatings uh, before you throw your horse out into, you know, the wet. Right now, we're in, it, it hasn't, hasn't snowed yet here, but it's coming. We've just been experiencing the really wet, cold-ish fall weather. So, you know, certainly throwing the horses out, putting a blanket on, thinking, okay, everything's going to be hunky-dory, and then having that horse come back in just totally soaked because your blanket was supposed to be waterproof and it wasn't, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so that mm-hmm. sort of goes with all the inspection of the blankets, making sure they've all got their snaps and and you know the the, the they've all got the the leg holder things, you know. So yeah, that w- that's sense. really important thing to be prepared. And uh, the clipping that's already happened for us as well, you know. Um, it's just sort of something you, we, that we've got to do. So um, I think you, like, like I said, I think you pretty much covered all all the bases that that we've been going through and. And just uh, hunkering down, preparing for the for the winter. You know, not being one of those people, Reese, that gets to gets to go south and uh, and enjoy more sunshine. Yeah. I have a question because we don't deal with um, changing the shoes. Like, what's up with that? Can you ride them in those pads? Like, explain yes. more snow on pads? those. Don't, oh yeah, pads. you wouldn't know what snow pads are. You don't <laughs> even know what snow tires are. I don't. I don't even know what snow tires are. I so really snow, don't. A snow pad is like a regular, like a pad that goes between the shoe and the horse's hoof, right? And it prevents the snow. Yeah. There's there's three or four kinds that prevents the snow yeah. from building up and balling up in in the horse's hoof because. You know, as you put a shoe on, you create more of a wall that will trap snow in there. And what happens is it gets compact and it gets a little bit wet and warm and then more snow gets compact. And by the time you bring your horse back in from from being turned out in the snow, it's like they're standing on stilettos or okay, yeah, or, uh, yeah, scary. or platforms. Thanks. Yeah, or platform shoes. So that's something that you have to do something uh, about to prevent the snow from building up and and snow pads are an easy way to do that you put them on in the beginning of the in the winter before the snow flies and uh you know and they they get they get you know reshod with the same pads and and then they come off as you're transitioning to the spring and summer cool and and same thing too there's also what they call traction and it's like what adventurers use like the corks but only smaller and you do have to have like I think a transition period because I do think it changes the way they move. They may be a little bit flatter in movement 
and plus it's added weight. Um, and so when your farrier puts it on, maybe take a week or two and not just do heavy work, do a little bit lighter work as the horse gets used to the snow pads and the traction. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So, all Very good stuff cool. that, that you, you don't even know about, Reese. Don't, you don't have to worry No, about. I don't. So I was listening intently because I'm like, wow, this is, this is a thing. I had no idea. <laughs> Well, Be Megan, grateful. yes, not going to lie, <laughs> not going to lie. So Megan, just tell us real quick, how can our listeners uh, find you online if they have any more questions or in there in your area or have questions about the certification program? They can check me out by my website, which is Lindenhoff, L-I-N-D-I-N-H-O-F as in frank.com or give me a call or look me up on Facebook and send me a message and I'm happy to help anyone. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. As always, we love your email and Facebook shout outs. Send us more about No Stirrup November. We'll love it. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is probably on Facebook, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. As always, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and enjoy No Stirrup November. Talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.